I'm Gabe Lyons, and I want to invite you to be a part of a momentous evening on Thursday night, October 25th, where tens of thousands of people are gathering in homes, in churches, in community centers, in museums, and they're all coming together for one reason, and that is to understand and learn how we together can solve the problems facing our cities and our communities. We call this evening Q Commons, and the theme this year is called The Power of We. What does it mean to have hospitality for one another, even in a culture that feels more hostile? And so on this particular night, you're going to hear talks, you're going to engage with neighbors, you're going to hear differing opinions, but we're going to set aside our differences to come together and listen to one another. You see, listening is actually part of the antidote to a lot of the problems that we face in our society. And so would you commit and join with us on this one night for Q Commons so that you can be a part of the solution? I hope you'll join us, and we'll see you October 25th. Learn more at QCommons.com. Welcome to Q Ideas with Gabe Lyons. Q is about conversation. If we're really concerned about ending poverty, we've got to be more concerned about creating justice. Our cultural products as Christians need to both defy and resonate with the culture. And God's doing amazing things. His church is expanding. His church is growing. It's not what's the purpose of my life. It's what is the purpose that's been assigned. Stay curious. Think well. Advance good. This is Q. Welcome to another edition of the Q Podcast. I'm Gabe Lyons and excited for the talk that you're about to hear today. It was one of those talks at our most recent Q Conference that received a standing ovation. People were laughing, they were enjoying it, but they deep down just felt so much encouragement from somebody I would consider a father in the world of of ministry and of pastors. His name's Dr. Tony Evans. Maybe you've heard of him. He's been around for quite a long time. He's one of the country's most respected leaders. He's a pastor, best-selling author, speaks at a lot of conferences and events. But what I love about him is he's been the senior pastor of Oak Cliff Bible Fellowship in Dallas, Texas for over 40 years. And I remember growing up in the 80s in my church, Tony Evans was one of those pastors that would come through at least once a year and he would speak and we would love it and enjoy it. Well, now as I'm older, it was so fun to have him at the Q Conference, a man who's lived a great life, who's finishing well in his ministry journey, who's continuing like he's a 20-year-old and the types of projects he's taking on, the things that he's involved in as he leads something called the Urban Alternative, a national ministry that seeks to restore hope and transform lives through the proclamation and application of the Word of God. He's on the radio every day on a show called The Alternative that goes out to nearly 1,000 radio outlets in the U.S. and over 130 countries. So He's said a lot, he's impacted a lot of people, but at Q this year, we said, one of the things that you've talked about, Tony, for so many years is the kingdom. It's just this understanding of the kingdom and what it ought to look like. What is that supposed to look like today? What does it mean for God's kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven? And so he just came and spoke to us and he just spoke from his heart like a pastor and encouraged us and and gave a great illustration related to sports and football, something that I know in his family has been a sport that his son played and has just been a part of their life. And he used that to just help make something really clear to all of us. So let's start off with that and listen in now to Tony Evans on Kingdom Virtues. I appreciate the invitation to be with you. It was short and sweet. I got a call. They asked me if I believed in free speech. I said, yes. They said, come give one. So I'm honored to be able to be with you today. 
My son played one year for the Tennessee Titans, my youngest son, Jonathan. Every year, three teams take a football field. There is the visiting team and the home team, which means there's going to be a clash for three hours. That is a non-negotiable clash because they're different goals. One team is going this way, another team is going that way. For three hours, they're going to be in conflict. That's why this third team is so critical. It's called the team of officials. These are seven officials who are on the field, but they're not of the field. They're in the middle of the conflict, but they're not part of the conflict because they belong to a different kingdom. They belong to 345 Park Avenue in New York because at 345 Park Avenue in New York, that's where the NFL offices are. And their job is to represent the office up there in the conflict down here so the conflict down here is managed because they are representatives of the office up there. Each one of these uh, officials have been handed a book. This book gives the governing guidelines by which all decisions are to be made on the field of play. Their personal opinions, their personal uh, inclinations must be subject to that book. Who they prefer to win becomes uh, moot because their job is to make the decisions on the field by the book because of the kingdom in New York that they represent. Now, they understand sometimes they're going to be booed. They understand sometimes they're going to be cheered, but they also understand they're not there for a popularity contest. They're there to make decisions on the field based on the kingdom that they represent predicated on the book that they have received. When they do that, those seven people understand that they do that with kingdom authority because they understand that even though they're outnumbered, there are 22 players on the field at any given time, 11 on both sides of the ball. But they understand even though the players are younger, stronger, and faster, and even though they're older, slower, and fatter, they understand that while the players can knock you down, the refs can put you out because they carry kingdom authority with them. What God has designed is for there to be a group of people in history amidst all the cultural chaos and conflicts, whether racial or social or gender-based or political, but there would be in these clashes that take place in the culture a group of men and women who would represent the kingdom up there in the chaos down here. Now, the referees don't solve the problem that there's a conflict on the field, but what they do is they bring order to the madness because they represent up there, down here, based on the authority of the book that they have received. Unfortunately, today, we're living in a day when there are a generation of Christians in every discipline of life who do not understand that they've been put here for a kingdom purpose. And as a result, they do not live out comprehensively the rule of God over every area of life, what we call the kingdom agenda, which is the visible manifestation of the comprehensive rule of God over every area of life. And unfortunately, this Christian community bifurcates life. And so they will be spiritual in this area while this other area over here belongs to the culture, not understanding that the whole concept of God's kingdom is his rule over every area of life. One verse that I love is uh, Acts chapter 13, verse 36, which is a summary of a kingdom verse. It says, and David, after he had served the purposes of God, fell asleep. And David, after he had served the purposes of God, fell asleep. Your role in whatever sphere you are operating in is to serve the purposes of God before you fall asleep, before this life ends. I remember the story of uh, Hank Aaron. Hank Aaron went up to the plate 
and uh, it was time for him to bat, and it was a preseason game. Yogi Berra was the catcher. And it's the job of a catcher to irritate and frustrate and distract the batter. So Yogi Berra was talking a lot of noise to Hank Aaron as he came up to the plate. You can't hit, your mama can't hit, big man, little stick. He started talking a lot of noise to distract him. So finally, Yogi Berra said, well, Hank, uh, the insignia on the bat is turned the wrong way. If you know baseball, you're supposed to turn the insignia to face the batter, the writing on the bat. So to distract him, he said, you don't have the insignia, the writing on the bat turned the right way. But Hank Aaron ignored him and kept looking at the pitcher. The next pitch that came across the plate, Hank Aaron hit it over the fence for a center field home run. He ran around first, ran around second, came the third, touched home plate. Halfway, uh, going back to the dugout, Hank Aaron stopped. He looked back at Yogi Berra. He said, hey, Yogi, you just might want to know I ain't come here to read. See, you need to know why you're here. Because if you don't know why you're here, there are a lot of voices that will distract you in the media, in the culture, in educational institutions. It says, David, serve the purposes of God. The purpose that you are here in whatever discipline you are engaged in is not, first of all, for position or for prosperity or for uh, many of the other things that the culture offers you. They all play a part. But you have been sent here to advance the kingdom of God in that specific sphere where you are operating. In the same way, appliances in your home are there for a purpose. The refrigerator keeps things cold and the stove makes things hot because while they're all appliances, they have different roles in your kitchen that are designed to be fulfilled. The refrigerator doesn't cook and the stove doesn't keep it cold because that's not its purpose. But when it fulfills its purpose, it's fulfilling its divine design. So the question every Christian has to ask is, am I serving, as David was, the purposes of God? Now, my favorite place to go when I'm not at home in Dallas is New York. I love New York. I love the nonstop life of New York. I love the lights. I love the cuisine. My wife likes New York, too, uh, especially Fifth Avenue. She likes Fifth Avenue because that's where all the fancy stores are. That's where, you know, her favorite store is Saks Fifth Avenue. Now, Saks Fifth Avenue has all these fancy windows, all these fancy windows. And around Christmas, you go around there, there lines around the store just to see all the fancy things in the window. You go during the regular part of the year and they have mannequins. These mannequins, better known as dummies, are in the window and they're on display. These are good-looking dummies. These are well-dressed dummies. These are bling-bling dummies. They are some good-looking dummies in the window. Why do the owners of Saks put dummies in the window? Because they know that dummies like us walking up Fifth Avenue that they want to attract. So they put these dummies in the window, and the job of the dummy is to draw us off the street into the kingdom called Saks, where there's floor after floor after floor after floor of so much more. What God is looking for is a generation of people who he can put on display, and when he puts them on display, they become so visibly obvious that they belong to this kingdom, that they are attracting people who pass by off of their regular ordinary life into the kingdom of God because you have been put on display. Let me put it this way. 
If you're a doctor, you're not just a doctor. You're supposed to be God's representative in the medical field so the medical field sees what God looks like when God helps hurting people. If you're a lawyer, you're not just a lawyer. You're God's representative in the Bar Association so the Bar Association gets to see what God looks like when God tries a case. If you're a business person, you're not just a business person. You're God's representative in business so the business world sees what God looks like when God cuts a deal. If you're a teacher, you're not just a teacher. You're God's representative in education so the education world sees what God looks like when God teaches a lesson. The whole idea is to serve the purpose of God. And if you cannot identify how what you do advances God's name and God's kingdom, you are doing the wrong thing because everything God has established has been designed for that purpose. When Tony Dungy won the Super Bowl with the Indianapolis Colts, during the playoffs, he would call me up and we would talk on the phone during the playoffs. And before each playoff game, we prayed together and he would say, he would say, okay, let's, let's just talk about uh, how God wants to use this game to advance his name. We finally get to the Super Bowl when they play the Chicago Bears. He said, I said, what's your prayer request as you go into the Super Bowl? He says, my prayer request, win or lose, is that I will make his name great. Here is a man who understood that you do not separate coaching from the kingdom. And he was going to use that platform to advance the name of God, the rule of God, in such a way that God gets the glory. So you are to serve the purpose of God. He says in Acts 13, 36, David served the purposes of God for this generation. In other words, he was to impact the world in which he lived. He was to impact the generation that he served. So the question, like in bowling, you know, you can look good as a bowler. Bowling is a lot fancier now than when I was growing up. Fancy bowling balls, fancier bowling bags, fancy bowling suits, so, you know, fancy bowling shoes. And, you know, you can look good. You know, you put your three fingers in the ball, you cock the ball, you come down the alley, you turn the wrist, you kick out the leg. You can look amazing as a bowler, but if that ball is rolling down the gutter, you ain't done nothing. You're a good-looking failure, okay? In other words, God measures you by your impact, not by your style. He doesn't measure you by the house you live in, the clothes you wear, and the car you drive. He wants to know what impact are you making. And if the pins are still standing, you have failed no matter how good you look as a bowler. And if you can't show how God has used your education, your knowledge, your prowess, your ability to impact this world, then you have failed and why God has left you here. You're like referees on the field who are not making the right calls, adding to chaos. The reason we have all this chaos in our culture is because God's people are not living out kingdom virtues in every area of their lives. They become part-time Christians rather than full-time saints because they bifurcate what happens on Sunday from the impact they expect to make on Monday. And once you do that, everybody else is coming out the closet. You might as well come out too. It's time now for there to be visible, verbal followers of Jesus Christ in every discipline of life, making an impact. You know, when the Titanic sank, 1,500 people lost their lives. 1,500 people should not have died because most of the lifeboats were only half filled. But because they were saved and safe, 
they wouldn't turn around for folks who are drowning and dying. Yes, we want you to be successful. We want your careers to be productive. But if you're not turning around and making an impact in the lives of people who are dying and drowning in the lives of a culture that's dying and drowning just because you have been delivered and you have been successful, then you have missed the point of living out the kingdom. It says that David served the purposes of God in his generation. Some people say, well, how do I know my purpose? Well, all you have to do is go to the mix master to find your purpose. A mix master is where highways cross each other and you come to this centerpiece of gathering. So your mix master of purpose will, one, always include your passion. It's something that you're burning to do. It will also include your experiences, good, bad, and ugly. God doesn't waste any of them. And when you take the good, the positive, the bad, the mistakes you've made, the ugly, things that have hurt you coming from elsewhere, and you mix them together in God's blender, he uses those things to establish purpose. Then there is your personality. Everybody doesn't have the same personality. So it's your passion, it is your experiences, it's your personality, and then it's your giftedness, the skill set that God has given every person the ability to do. He puts all that together and then he accents it with opportunity. And when you hit that mix master, you've hit the purpose, you've hit the sweet spot of how God wants to use you to advance his name and advance his calling in history. The final statement of that verse, and David served the purposes of God for the benefit of his generation. And then it says, and then he fell asleep. You are not in the land of the living on your way to the land of the dying. You are in the world of the dying on your way to the land of the living. So the question you have to ask is, not only what I have, but what am I forwarding ahead? So since he uh, he fell asleep, uh, let's just take the law of averages. If you want to know what the law of averages are, just take whatever age you are, if you are female, and deduct it from uh, 82. If you are male, take whatever age you have and deduct it from 79. Those are the general ages in America where men and women live. Then you multiply that number of years by 365 days, and that tells you how many days you can expect to live based on the law of averages in America. Then you cut up slips of paper that accumulate to that many days, and you throw one piece of paper away a day and watch it shrink. Well, watching that shrink lets you see that life is ebbing away. So the question you have to ask is, as I live each day and life is ebbing away on this side of eternity, what difference am I making or am I losing days in light of the life that is to come? Because the life you have now is not the ultimate life that you will have. This is a temporary existence that we've been put here for a temporary purpose with the goal of having an eternal impact. Now, I was raised in Baltimore, Maryland. I was raised in, in the hood, so to speak. So I didn't get to own property. That's why I used to love playing Monopoly. I used to love playing Monopoly because that was the only time in, in the hood I got to own some land. And so, and so I would always look for the boardwalk and Park Avenue because that's where the big money was on the board. Now, if you came past me, you better hurry up and pass me and pass go and collect another $200 because I don't give loans. I mean, I'm a, that's where my Trumpistic tendencies rose when I played Monopoly, okay? But I was always sad when Monopoly ended because I had to put the cards back. I had to put the land back. 
back. I had to put the dice back. I had to put the money back. And then they closed the box. It was all over. One day, they're going to close the box on you. And when they close the box on you, the issue will not be for you what you left behind. The issue for you will be what you forwarded ahead. And if you haven't forwarded ahead anything that God could use, if you haven't forwarded ahead anything that has of eternal value, if you haven't forwarded ahead the impact that you have made, then you have failed in your life no matter what your bank statement is, no matter what the scope of knowledge of your name happens to be, you will have failed because David served the purposes of God. And when he served the purposes of God, he impacted his generation. And when he impacted his generation, it says, then he fell asleep. And when this life is over, the question you want to know is, what difference did you make? So now the question is, what kind of Christian are you going to be? And what kind of impact are you going to make? A man one day was driving his bride. He was driving her on their honeymoon. They were going on their honeymoon. He pulled out in front of a car, uh, and then an oncoming van hit him. It was a head-on collision. It flipped his car over. Both were knocked unconscious. He came conscious first. He saw his bride dripping with blood. He rushed over. He picked her up, but he was on an isolated road. What was he going to do? She was going to bleed out and die. But he saw a sign. It said, Doctor Office of Dr. Bill Jones. He took her up, swept her up, went and knocked on the door. An old man came to the door. He said, what can I do? He said, she's dying, she's dying, she's dying, save her. He says, I'm sorry, son, I don't do that anymore. The young man said, mister, you have two choices. He says, either take down the sign or heal my wife. But if you're not going to heal her, don't put the sign up and give the impression that this is what you do. So don't call yourself a Christian. Don't call yourself a follower of Christ unless you're willing to do the work of the kingdom. If you're not willing to do the work, take down the sign. But if you're going to have the sign, let's do the work. Let's go public and let it be known. I represent up there, down here, as a representative of the kingdom of God. God bless you. Thank you for having me. Couldn't you just kind of feel the energy as you listen to Tony share from his heart passionately and you could kind of sense in the room people were responding, people were enjoying just hearing from a pastor who's such a gifted communicator encourage us. And, and one of the moments that I just thought was so, so cool was when he said this. So it's a little bit long, but I just want to repeat it. I think it's worth it. What God is looking for is a generation of people who he can put on display. And when he puts them on display, they become so visibly obvious that they belong to his kingdom, that they are attracting others who pass by off of their ordinary life into the kingdom of God because you have been put on display. It was just kind of this encouragement that, look, God's going to be working through you. And when you submit and sacrifice and, and give your life, your passions, your talents, everything he's called you to do, and you're doing it for his purposes, people walk by and they stop and they look and they, they linger because they see something different they're not used to seeing. And so I think what we can take away from today is let's just each of us in the place that we've been called, understand God's got us there for a reason. For many of you, I know that's not in a specific ministry position that would be called or titled ministry. But certainly God's trying to work through you, whether you're a technology developer, maybe you're working on apps today, or maybe it's somebody who's in architecture and you're designing a building, or maybe you're out walking real estate lots and, and selling real estate to a friend or to a neighbor, or maybe you're in an environment where you're writing or educating others in academia, or maybe you're in the media, wherever it is that you have been called, you are this outpost of the kingdom. You are a place that should represent kingdom values 
kingdom virtues should be a place that feels different when people interact with you, experience something different, but you should also be so good at what you do, right? You should be doing your work with such excellence because you know it brings glory to our king. It's not just about your own accolades. It's not just about gaining wealth. It's not just about getting the pat on the back, but it's because ultimately we want to do our best because we want to glorify God and we realize other people are going to be drawn to him through our work. And so I hope you have a great week. I hope you're inspired. I hope you're encouraged. I hope you'll share this with some of your friends. And if you want to watch this talk and how it went down at the Q conference, why don't you head over to qideas.org now and listen to it. Now, as I mentioned to you oftentimes on this podcast, you hear these talks week in and week out. Well, most all of these talks are taking place at a place that you can actually come. You can come be with us. You don't have to wait an entire year to hear some of the talks that took place at our Q conference. And so our Q conference taking place April 24th to 26th in 2019 is going to be a place that we want you to come be with us. It's, it's promising now to be the largest that we've had. And we don't really think large is necessarily great. We love that it's growing. We love that the word of mouth is happening. But you know what we try to do at the Q conference that's a little different than any conference I've been to is we try to make it a small conference. No matter how many people are there, you're sitting around a table with seven other people. And so at tables of eight, you're taking in these talks. You're getting to discuss and give feedback to one another and talk with others. At times during the event, you move to different tables where you're meeting some other people that maybe are in a completely different industry, a completely different world than you live in, maybe coming from a very different theological background or just, just a different experience. And you're going to get to mix it up with them and learn from them and hear from them. And they're going to hear from you. And so it's the kind of place that you come, not because it's just the content. It's not just that you want to hear talks, although they're going to be challenging, amazing, inspiring. But as you want to be around a group of people who are so hungry to go after the things of God, so hungry to learn, be educated, be smart, but also be focused on doing the work that God's up to in the world and participating in building and creating his kingdom alongside and with him and empowered by him. And so I hope you'll join us. You can learn more about this at qideas.org slash 2019. You can see a little more details on the schedule, how it happens, all the different experiences that happen. It's way more than a typical conference in terms of the experiences. Every evening, there's lots of fun things happening, experiences that help you meet other people, but also get out and experience the culture of Nashville, Tennessee, which is actually quite fun. And so I hope you'll come and join us and be a part of this and invite all those others that maybe you've never been before, but they're your friends, they're partners with you at your church or ministry or workplace, and make this a destination on your annual calendar to come and be around some like-minded people, learn together, but also be inspired and encouraged that what you're doing really matters and that how you're doing it really matters. And so we want to encourage you and be a part of that equipping process with you. So I hope to see you in April and be a part of that together. Well, until the next podcast, I hope you have a great week. I hope you keep living this out at your kingdom outpost. Hope you're encouraged by Tony Evans today. And with a smile on your face, I hope you'll go encourage others around you as you continue to do that great work and stay curious, think well, and advance good. This show is made possible in partnership with Faith Radio and Northwestern Media. Thank you for listening to the Q Ideas with Gabe Lyons podcast. These conversations are available because of listener support. You can make your gift now at MyFaithRadio.com. 
To avoid missing future editions of Q Ideas with Gabe Lyons, subscribe to the podcast today at iTunes or on your podcast player. And thank you for sharing this audio link with a friend and growing the impact of Q Ideas with Gabe Lyons.